the biscuit. All right, biscuit babies. I have a very, very, very special guest with me today. Um, Stanley Cup champion, king of Colorado, the sheriff, philanthropist, American badass, Scott Parker. How are you, sir? I'm excellent, brother. How you been? I have been great. I cannot thank you enough. This is absolutely a dream come true. Can you hear me all right? Everything's good on this end. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to play a little game of fuck around. Are you ready? I dig fucking around. <laughs> uh the first one, I just wanted to know a little about um how how Ice Guardians came about and uh how you were asked to do that and how the making of that um went for you. Well, Ice Guardians actually uh story behind that was back in high school back up in Canada in Kelowna where I played juniors uh, Adam Scorgi and I actually went to high school together so we kind of go way back and then uh, Todd Fedork was my teammate back in the day and then uh, Adam knew Toddy as well and then just knowing us throughout the years Scorgi just talking to us and kind of trying to find you know he was pretty interested in the insights and you know he's telling a lot of people's stories and you know he thought why not tell some of his friends stories and that's kind of how it all took off, and then it took them a good seven years with the NHL trying to get, you know, permission and just getting everything rolling. But he worked really hard and diligent to uh, make that successful. That's uh, a remarkable film. Um, you killed it in it. The, the, my favorite line is the "use these as uh, as, uh, as hammers on people's faces." Man, that shit is just incredible. Yeah, well, we weren't trying to have tickle fights or you know throwing pillows. Like I tell everyone, I was fighting. You know, I'm not trying to like kill the guy, but I'm trying to hurt the guy, so I want to fight him again. You know, some guys you can fight, they throw pillows, and you fight them all night long. It's just one of those mentality things that if you can plant, plant it in their head and then, you know, plant it in the rest of their team's head as well, then you've done your job without having to do anything too major. Now, was there a moment in your hockey career when you realized, man, I like fighting too? I can do both of these things? Or was it more... Uh... Like some of the guys in the documentary will say, you know, I realized I had to fight to be in the league. Um, was it was it more of the latter? Because it seems like, um, from my opinion, you and McGranton seem to to love that protecting your teammates and actually like the art of fighting a little more than the other guys, in my opinion. Well, in a sense, I mean, I, I was kind of, you know, given a little bit of my background, like my folks, you know, being brought up, you know, my you know, being from a Christian family and us going to church and, you know, everything you learn there, not to raise your hand, not to hurt, not to hit, not to do, but, you know, it was really one of those things where I, you know, went up to junior up in Canada and basically we had Dale Harrington and Jamie Butt back in the day. So two incredible tough guys. And unfortunately, Butter got hurt and Harrington got traded. And it was almost one of those things where I was just tired of, watching my brothers get beat up or get hit or get taken advantage of. And I just started stepping in and trying to fight, I guess is what you would call it back in the day. I don't know if you'd call it fighting, but I was trying to fight because I knew nothing about fighting. And basically I'd sit there and people would start the lawnmower on my face there for about 10 seconds. And then I'd finally figure it out and, you know, the evolution of that happening. But, you know, at first it was kind of a, a trial by fire and, you know, I, I was just tired of getting hit in the face, I guess. So I started throwing more punches. And, and it's not like you watch on TV. You'll, you'll watch people rolling around rooms and getting hit with chairs and all this stuff. And 
I would hit people once and they'd go down and I'd be like, sweet, I'm like Superman. So <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, but just the real life thing of being able to to do that and to be able to add, I guess, that to your repertoire have because it gives you more room and more room for your guys on the ice. So, you know, the inevitable thing to do is to win at the end of the game. It's not to see how many fights you can get in and how many of those you can win. It definitely, you know, the scoreboard counts all. So, you know, that's the, uh, the end result. Uh, so you, you think you had that, um, your style more of like a, kind of like you rolled out of an Irish pub looking, you know, standing up like a, an old timey gentleman, that, that's, <laughs> that style. Did you have that right away? Or was that something like, you did consciously? Honestly, I think it just evolved because I, I just, I, I mean, Parrington and Butter tried to show me a few things before they had to leave the team that year. But back in the day, you didn't have social media. You didn't have all these computers. You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have, I mean, basically you were looking at, you know, a boxing magazine, you know, with pictures and, you know, like, this is cool, but how do you learn from that? Yeah. And, you know, the evolution, obviously, these days and, you know, technology it's it's come a long ways but back in the day you really had to just like i said before trial by fire and try stuff and this worked but that didn't so <laughs> x and a that <laughs> uh we'll ask you a little bit of a easier question here um how long has the beard been going there oh bloody i i really don't let it get any shorter not too much shorter but i have to cut it in the winter time because it does get a little little out of hand but you know, I just dig. I just dig the beard, and I don't know. I've always been able to grow it since I was about sixteen. So I just <laughs> let her buck. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I know you were talking about you know when you went up to play juniors. Before you went to play juniors, uh, you were a multi-state champs uh, sports champion. Um, obviously, hockey's got to be one of them. But I'm curious to know what the other one is. The other one was actually soccer, believe it or not, up in Alaska. I mean, the season wasn't very long, but. You know, I had some friends that played it, and I was like, wow, I was interested. And I played basically every sport as a kid, just like a lot of kids try, because you never know. And, I mean, you never know where it's going to take you. Right. And, you know, soccer can be a, a little bit cheaper, you know, but hockey, you have sticks, you have all the other stuff, and skates. And, yeah. You know, for me, you break a stick, and then your, your parents look at it, and you're, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, that keeps a know, lot of a lot of kids in my area away from the game, unfortunately, is how expensive it is uh to play hockey and to, to keep playing hockey as well. Definitely. I mean, the fortunate thing we had was living up in Alaska and up there, we had a thing called the dividend check and it's the oil pipeline, you know, revenue for living in Alaska. You get a check every year. And my parents basically said, you can spend it on whatever you want. And just, I always liked hockey and the camaraderie and the friends. And, and there was actually years that I didn't even make comp hockey. I had to play house hockey and, you know, I didn't get my participation trophy that year, so I had to go back to the drawing board and work my ass off so I could actually make the team I wanted to make the next year, which was competitive hockey. They got to travel, and you got to do a lot more, and it was a lot higher-paced game. So, you know, it was one of those things back in the day where, you know, my folks, you know, said, uh, you know, you're not going to make it every year, and if everyone was equal, then, you know, it wouldn't be fun. So, you know, it was kind of one of those life lessons that I learned back in the years, but... You know, I'm just fortunate I went through it, and I went through a lot of the ups and downs that I did because it made me who I am today. Right. Now, were you 6'5", playing, like, senior year as a goalie? Because that would be scary as shit to come down and try to shoot a soccer ball at you, man. I, I don't think I yeah. would. Yeah, well, it was a lot of fun. I was probably 6'4", back in the day, maybe 6'3"-ish, give or take. But still, I was still long and lanky, and I was a big kid. But, 
Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't start soccer until probably I was in high school. So I started a little bit later, but hockey was definitely my passion. And that's what, uh, you know, I fortunately went forward with. Well, I, I, is there any, any way, anywhere where I can see old Tate? Like a, someone's got a VHS somewhere of you playing soccer? Oh, my God. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that would be awesome, man. That's really that cool. That would be a little nutty. I uh, now, um, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I uh, I play in a, a fairly successful uh, death metal band. Um, so s- sometimes I like to tie in music to the interview. So I was just kind of curious, uh, what kind of music do you like? If it differs, like if you're, you know, not feeling so good, or if you're out partying, not not partying, but you know, out hanging with the guys, or uh, you know, wh- what's your go-to music? Uh, my go-to's. I mean, I have a little bit of everything. Um... You know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the spectrum when it comes to that because I like a little POTV, but I like my Pantera and I like my Such a metal my my heavy metals and good. It just always got me in the zone. It always it just speaks to me and it's who I am. And you know, I'm not uh, yeah, I'm not super into the the soft stuff or you know touchy feely. So you know, my first concert was basically White Zombie before they were Rob Zombie and that nice. was like four. So. Being in the mosh pit for about three hours, and back in the day, I was a big kid there, so all I learned was people would come up to me and say, toss me, toss me, so I'd grab them and throw them up on top of the, the mosh, <laughs> and they would just start surfing, and I was like, wow, this is badass, and I think I lost about 10 pounds in sweat that night, because it was <laughs> uh, Well, I, I have heard from a little birdie that uh, you do like to dance a little bit, so are you you out there cutting a rug to heavy metal, or you put on a little Michael Jackson or something and start dancing around the house? I, I call what I do white boy dancing. You know, <laughs> I do four, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly rigid. I wouldn't I wouldn't call what I have any kind of style, but uh, I mean, hey, you know, to each his own, and you know, if I can cut a rug and in my little one by one area, then <laughs> what? Well, 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 your fans say to the to the contrary. Say you're you're quite the dancer. Well, on the ice, I mean, anybody can dance. <laughs> it's super slippery, so you got to keep moving. And yeah. So <laughs> there's all those factors in it too. Um, uh, the there's a I know a lot of your tattoos have a certain significance to them. Um, what's the what's the cherries all about? <laughs> oh, bloody uh, the cherries. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that's actually on my Alaskan theme orb, uh, and I don't know if you can see it. You'll probably be the only one that can see it. <laughs> Where is it at? Right there. There you go. See what it's doing? It's kind of, it's kind of popping. Yeah. It's a popping cherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's too good. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a memory. <laughs> hey, no one. Do you want to see the craziest tattoo I have? What's that? I'll show you here. Can you see that? Oh, oh God! So my my buddy owns a tattoo parlor shop in Flint, Michigan, and he calls me and he said, "Hey, man, I drew this really gnarly tattoo. Don't be a pussy and get it. I'll do it for free." And I said, "Well, what is it?" And he wouldn't tell me what it was. So I drove up to Flint and I see this. It's literally 14 inch zombie cock. And I'm like, dude, ah, ah, he just, he goes, let's do it. Let's do it right now. And I was 19 at the time. So th- there it is. 
Uh, the kids ask me, my, my children will go, Dad, what is that? I'm like, ah, oh, it's a slug. Like, just, it's a slug. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, bloody. That had to have been pretty funny because I had the link there. Cause I remember my first tattoo was actually on my thigh. But I remember even times there, I was like, holy hell, this dude, I feel like he's just grinding on my nuts. Oh, man, but, Un- underneath the thigh there, I he was just hammering away, man. I just wanted it to end. I was like, this has got to stop. Uh... uh. <laughs> Place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, you still you you enjoy a cigar time to time. What would be your favorite kind? Um, I guess. Well, we actually have some friends here that actually still roll like the old school rollers. So really, it's just his cigars. But you know, if I have to, even up in Canada, it's like a Cohiba or you know Monte Cristo or. You know, I'm just kind of all over the board there, but more of a light. I'm not super dark. Yeah. Or light leaf. Now, uh, you've done fairly well for yourself after after sports, um, and that seems to be a hard thing for a lot of athletes. Um, I know you've started uh, a barbershop with your family. Um, we'll talk about Parker's Platoon here in a little bit, but uh, – I, I just wanted to know how the barbershop's going, where you guys are located, because uh, we have listeners, I mean, all over the world, all over the United States, if, uh, you know, we could get some people down there and help you guys out, I'm, I'm, I would be, uh, you know, happy to do that for you guys. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, we actually have about, well, what, four locations, three locations right now, so we have actually two in Port Collins, Colorado. And then we actually have one that we actually have located at our ranch and retreat here in Castle Rock, Colorado. And, you know, it's just nice because my wife is actually a third generation barber and our son's a fourth generation. So, you know, it was just, you know, meant to be to keep it in the family. And, you know, it's really, a, you know, something that can go forever because hair is always going to grow. You just have water and always <laughs> the wife and son have good skills when it comes to that. So. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. That's uh, that's what uh, I'm I'm trying to do now. I'm working the uh, old steel mill and doing the podcast, but I'm trying to save up so I can go to barber college. So maybe I'll uh, come out and do a chair one day. Hey, hey uh, we'll keep a chair ready for you. Hey, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, but like I was mentioning before with Parker's platoon, um. You have been out uh, out at the ranch um, helping veterans, and not only veterans, but uh, even ex-athletes who are having a tough time getting. Because I've read interviews with you back in the day, and they say, you know, what's it like to get to be out of the NHL? And they're like, they just kick your ass out of the door, and that's it, you know. And you guys were getting punched in the heads, or you know, slammed into boards for a, a living. Um. And then they're just like, all right, see you later. Um, my brother is a veteran of war. He's a Marine. And the same thing when they come home, they go through, you know, a, a, a brief, you know, welcome home. And then they're just back out at the bar or, you know, down the street working at the grocery store. Nobody really takes the time to talk to these guys or like, like you do, you know, just have them over and go for a ride on the snow machine and just just hear their story or was it. Was it hard for you, or was it easy, and that, that's why you're trying to help out people now? I think it was easy, too, and one of you even said it. He, he wrote it on one of his little uh, things that he gave us, and he said, you know, basically, same team, different mission. You know, we're all the same people. We all bought in. We all, you know, strive, and we're all good teammates, and we all want to be the best of the best. You know, nobody 
goes into something thinking, oh, I'm going to be the guy in the back and I don't give a shit. You know, you always strive and you always want to be on top and you get that winning mentality. And that's basically, you know, we have a lot in common with our military guys, you know, our men and women, because they have that same mentality. And probably the only thing we can't understand is unfortunately having a, a brother, you know, laying, you know, still next to you because, you know, Fortunately, those guys and girls fought for our freedom, so we were able to do the jobs we did on the ice every night. And it all kind of works cohesively to where, you know, all we can say is thank you and say, you know, welcome home and uh, say, you know, things are going to be different, but just help with the transition and basically just uh, lend a hand and lend an ear when, when the time is right. And how, how long have you been doing Parker's Platoon? Uh, Ten years now. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. I, I, I thank you, and I know a lot of other people do. It's really, you know, you don't have to take time out of your life to do that thing. And uh, it, it's really, really amazing. And like you said, there is a, a huge similarity to an athlete and a, a veteran. Um, just even like you can't step into a veteran's shoes, and you can't really step into a professional athlete's shoes. You guys have trained your whole lives for something. You go away to do it. You're with a group core of people. And you guys kind of live uh, a life together, and then it's over. Exactly. I mean, it is very similar, other than us, you know, we're not getting shot at, and, you know, we're not having to, you know, you know, stick stuff in wounds and, you know, tourniquets and all that stuff, thankfully. But it, it, it's, you know, with our charity, we're just a small charity. We're just one soldier at a time. And if we can change one soldier at a time, then hopefully we can go the right direction. And just help with, you know, all these suicides and just trying to, like I said, just lend a hand. And one of the big things we have, too, is we have a lot of vets, you know, talking to other vets so they can help transition as well. Because there's ways of doing it. There's tools. There's, you know, outlets, there's, you know other places to call. And, and really, they can understand each other because they know. They were, at, they were on the for forefront and they were on the, you know, the battlegrounds and, you know, I think talking to one of the one of the soldiers, one of the best, they said that probably the worst thing that can happen is somebody say, "Oh, I understand. Oh, I know." And you know, then you look at him thinking, "Oh, like your your buddy, you know, died next to you, your brother. You had to hold him until he died, took his last breath." And really, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate they had to see and they had to do, but you know, really for what they did, we're able to live the way we do, and that's why we love this country. Well, again, thank you, and. Uh... I, I, that's just remarkable. And people can find and uh, contribute to the to the uh, charity. Was it parkersplatoon.com? Parkersplatoon.org. .org, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, no, that's all good. Yeah, so okay. make sure you guys go check that out and, and help them out. And and if you, you know, don't have $5 to give, um, maybe next time you see a veteran buy his coffee or something like that, guys, you gotta you got to help out anyway. Even a smile for them on a day is something, you know, they might have not done for two years. So just try to appreciate it. And uh, I know when my brother came back and I was like, man, you signed up to go to war, dude. That's crazy. And he goes, well, it's, you know, to keep you at home so you can play heavy metal and do your hockey thing. And I, I almost cried. I was like, you know, that's that's a hell of a goddamn sacrifice, man. Definitely. No, it's the biggest sacrifice you can you can give. And, you know, we think every vet and every person out there fighting for our freedom and even the people we don't hear about. And, you know, it takes, you know, it takes everyone doing a job to uh, be successful. And, you know, that's where, you know, once again, the military and athlete comes hand in hand. And, uh, you know, 
We support them uh, thoroughly. And you guys have shirts and hats, and then uh, you've got some signed jerseys from uh, some old teammates of yours. Uh, there's some pretty fantastic stuff there. Uh, I know I keep nudging my wife for that uh, cigar box for Christmas, so hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I can get it. Those, those are those are custom one-off cigar boxes, and I'm hoping I don't put any of my own DNA on it every now and again. But I do tend to cut myself from time to time. I, that that would make it better, I think. That probably raised the price on it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, just a couple more questions for you there, uh, Parksy, and then I'll let, let you get on your way here. Um, there at the end of your career, um, you were sent to Lake Erie, which is kind of a, and then an unprecedented thing where you just said, you know, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran of the league. I'm not going back down to the AHL to make these guys careers. I'm from Ohio. Um, is there a Lake Erie Monsters Scott Parker jersey? I will tr- give you my car, my house, anything for that sucker. Yeah, I don't know if they made it, but, you know, towards the end of my career there, I was just so... I was so messed up in the head. I mean, I was so broken, and basically, I wouldn't have cleared probably, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't have been cleared to play down there either, and basically, I shouldn't have been cleared up here, but it happened the way it did, and uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, some people in their their job titles didn't really do what they could have done back in the day, but, you know, that's why I've had to fight so hard, and that's why, unfortunately, I'm a KG vet, and I can help cover some their guys and really in a sense we're just for the next generation guy coming out because unfortunately he doesn't know right you know being right now and we just want to know that you know we're there for him uh when it's all over yeah Um, yeah unfortunately you guys had to be kind of the whipping boys there for that but uh you know that was a step in the right place to say you know what enough's enough i'm not doing it so uh, I was just curious just because I am a Lake Erie Monsters fan, so I was like, man, if I get a fucking Scott Parker Lake Erie Monsters jersey, that'd be the, the be-all, end-all. Um, you have to go to a deserted island, right? And you have to take either Mr. Hartley or Mr. Wilson. Who are you taking? Can I just take half of each of them and just <laughs> throw them Oh, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Um, uh, well, Parksy, I'll let you get on your way, man. Uh, anything you want to say to the to the listeners before you get off? No, just appreciate all their support throughout the years, and just uh, just keep listening. And uh, you know, really, we're just one big team. You know, let's all uh, let's all go hang out one day. Hell yeah, man! Hey, if you're ever in Ohio, hit me up. We'll we'll eat some uh, dead animals on the grill and have a good old time, man. And uh, they, <laughs> they can find you, uh, I know the Twitter's NHL Scott Parker. Um, I think the, the, if you follow Francesca, your wife, who is a, a lovely lady, uh, I cannot tell you how amazing she's been to me, um, you know, not knowing me from Adam and just has been a sweetheart to me answering all these questions I had for you. I'm sure I was annoying her. Um, but I, I know her Instagram and her Facebook a lot has a lot of news and updates on Parker's Platoon and you as well. Definitely that, or just the Parker'sPlatoon.org. You know, she keeps up on that pretty good as well. And uh, yeah, anything anybody can do, we really appreciate the support. And uh, you know, all we can do is uh, one soldier at a time. So, well, hell yeah, man! I, I really do appreciate this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Scott, the fucking sheriff, Parker, man, Stanley Cup champion. Holy shit! Thank you so much. Thank you, Will, and appreciate the time, man. Let's chat here soon. Hey, let's do it, man. All right. You're on.
one of the things I just wanted to mention was, so, you know, Parks does a lot for our veterans, but he also does a lot. He gets weekly phone calls from other enforcers in the NHL that are either active or now retiring, asking him how he transitioned. Like, how did you transition? Meaning not with pharmaceuticals, not with drugs, not with alcohol. And one of the things that was so important for Scott was Dr. James Kelly. So Dr. Kelly is a world-renowned neurologist, and he is Scott's personal neurologist. And he just opened a facility here in Denver um, called the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. And how we connected with Dr. Kelly um, was such a blessing because without him, I don't know that Scott would be alive. And so I call this guy. You could get hold of Trump before you can get Jim Kelly on the phone. <laughs> and I call him up like he's my buddy. Hey, Doc. He's like, well, Francesca, I'm in with the general. Can I call you back? And I'm like, yes, sir. And it's always about some enforcer somewhere in the league that's really having a tough go. And they fly in, they stay at Parker's Ranch and Retreat. So Scott has turned our home into a ranch and retreat for athletes. So we have NFL guys. You can look up Ryan Miller. Um, Ryan did a nice article in the Denver Post mentioning Parker's platoon. Um, we have, I, I don't want to mention other names, but Ryan was in the paper. But Dr. Kelly has been instrumental in helping so many of the guys coming out. Um, so he just opened a facility in Denver called the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. And we have a really special uh, veteran named Spencer Milo. And you can look Spencer up on Twitter. Spencer now works for Dr. Kelly. Uh, and uh, President Bush did the Portraits and Courage book where he painted veterans. And Spencer's in that book. So wow. he painted Spencer. So we're pretty proud wow. of that. That's Great young man. And whenever I have an athlete that needs talked off the ledge, I'm calling Spencer saying, hey, can you reach out to this guy? So it's really important for us that, listen, when we get on these podcasts, they are so fun. Like, honestly, like Parks is a shit show. <laughs> and when he's in the living room with guys like Goddard or Brendan Witt, oh, my God. So him and Witter, uh, Witter came down from Montana, and these two were sitting in a restaurant and all the staff is like, holy fuck, those are the two guys that uh, Parks went over the glass to fight with. <laughs> oh my God, I hope they go at the dinner table. You know, Wits of Beauty, he is just a great guy. And so we, we've really had a really um, a blessed transition out of hockey. Um, and so it's important for us to, to get it out there that um, veterans like your brother, other mm -hmm. uh, guys can reach out to Spencer Milo uh, through Twitter. And the Institute, I believe, will start taking patients July 15th. I believe so, yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, and athletes as well. Wow. So that's really important because we get so many phone calls like, where do we go? What kind of doctor? Oh, my God, what, what am I supposed to do? So um, you can look up that, um, the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. And uh, we really appreciate you getting the word out there about Parker's Platoon. Um, absolutely and anytime you guys have an event coming up or any anything like that just let me know i can either run a run a read for you on the show or tweet it out and i mean anything you guys need from me just let me know uh i'm like i said we're we're a team I'm, I'm here to help uh i believe in what you guys are doing um i've been a fan of you know scott parker since i was a kid and you know 
just uh, you know, to to help out in any way it would be you know a, a pleasure of mine. Well, we really appreciate that. Our next event is so I'm an Italian girl, so um, I make meatballs. I've seen them online. They look they look great. they look delicious. So they are good. Park schools of meat rolls. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we are doing a Granby Bait and Tackle, which is a really cool little bait shop up in Grand Lake, Colorado. Um, it's going to be a shit show this weekend because the Fourth of July, and they invited us in to sell meatballs. Uh, so <laughs> selling our meat rolls up there in Grand Lake, and um, we a hundred percent of the proceeds go to Scott's charity. So we don't That's have awesome. any salaries. Um, any of that goes right to our veterans, and you know UFC badass Donald Cowboy. Oh fuck! I forgot to ask you a question about him. Damn it! All right. Well, uh, next time we'll have to rally. We'll have more stuff to chat about. We for sure. Cowboy is my boy, and he's getting ready to fight July eighth. And I tell you what, he's such—he's going to kill me for saying this, but what a heart on this kid. So he takes Spencer, and he pays for the sleds for our veterans in the winter mm-hmm. up in on the trail. Reynolds gives us a great deal. Nick Hansen up there, and Cowboy pays for these wounded veterans to come snowmobile. So I want to give a shout out to Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Absolutely. He pull them out too when they get stuck. Yeah, he does help pull them out when they get stuck. It's a team effort there, all around. So uh, we really thank you for your time. And uh, if, you, if you have any other questions, if you want to ask Parks right now about, did you, if you had a question about Cowboy, go ahead and ask him. Oh, are you sure of there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just have you ever have you ever sparred with him a little bit? A little light sparring with the old Cowboy. Never, never really sparred. I mean, really. We, when, when Cowboy and I get to you know get to hang out, we're usually doing something adventurous. And Cowboy is always you know diving 300 feet, which I won't do, but I'm really good at taking pictures. There you go. Many many pictures and good videos. There you go. And then you know, uh, it's really just. Well, that's that's the. I mean, uh, the other thing I just wanted to ask you real quickly is uh, just a perception of you. Um, you know, because even if people saw you and Cowboy, they'd be like, oh, there's two fighters. Those guys are probably hard-asses, mean guys. Or when you guys were at the restaurant with Witter there, people were going, oh, they're, they're probably going to fight each other. Um, I know my older brother's not a hockey fan, but uh, I was like, hey, man, I might get to talk to Scott Parker one day, you know. And he goes, oh, who's Scott Parker? And he Googled you, and he shows up, you on the, the motorcycle with the Stanley Cup. And he goes, dude, that is the fucking coolest dude ever. So I wondered... <laughs> I wondered if people ever like were afraid to talk to you, or if and then when they did, they went, "Oh, this guy's a really nice guy." You know, uh, if if people are surprised when they meet you, I guess would be the question. Do, do you get that feeling? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, people think that, um, yeah, I'm just you know like a like a brick or just there's really nothing to me. I just fight and I love to fight, but really there is more to it, and you know, I I do charities and we have animals you know i do you know i like the wilderness and i like the outdoors and there's just you know there's things that make me me there's things that make you know everyone who they are and you know i think it it definitely does change people's you know uh perspective when they're able to talk to me and you know i can somewhat talk intelligent (laughs) use use some big words from time to time and uh but you know really it's just you know i i enjoy people that enjoy what i did and and um, you know, really, there's nothing greater than that. So, well, that was that was for me the most important thing about getting you on the biscuit was, uh, 
you know, I was a fan of, you know, you and fighting and the way you played the game. And then, you know, I had talked to you on Twitter a few times and it's like, man, this guy is just a really cool dude. I wanted to kind of, you know, shine a light on that for people that, uh, would maybe not think that or, you know, or, um, think that enforcers are just these, you know, hard ass dudes that don't give a fuck about anything. Um, you guys are people and we love you and we love what you did. And, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, William. Thank you for the time and the questions. And yeah, let's link up here. All right, man. Party on.